0: when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota,
1: Toyota, let's go places.
0: My 13-year-old acts like a puppy again. Almost overnight, she's a different dog.
1: Perfect poops. When people switch their dog's food to the farmer's dog, the effects can seem like magic, but there's no magic involved. It's simply real meat and vegetables with all the nutrients dogs need, instead of highly processed pellets. No tricks, just smarter, healthier pet food delivered in packs portioned for your dog. It's amazing what real food can do. Get fifty percent off your first order at thefarmer'sdog.com/noMagic50.
2: Do the work for you on the BetQL Network. Happy Thursday! One and all, welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, and the gang is all here. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from nine to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app, watch the show on Twitch.tv/BetQL and YouTube, and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Brad Powers tells us how he's betting on the college football playoff. We'll get into all sorts of other college football angles for you. But first, let's start in the NFL. And guys, I am based in Los Angeles where the stars shine and celebrities are always going to Target and Walmart and all sorts of fun stuff. And you figure out who to spot and who that weird person without makeup might be. All sorts of fun stuff there. And when we're talking about the stars the NFL is losing them left and right. Tyreek Hill, Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stroud, they are all still missing from practice. And so, Joe, let's start with this. Of Hill, Lawrence, and Stroud, which do you feel like is the biggest absence?
0: Stroud. It's Yeah, I would go there because we've, we've seen the, the favorite flip and it was almost a field goal on, on both sides uh, throughout the week. And... The more respected money that's come in is on the Cleveland side. Why? Because of Stroud. Like, we're not seeing that with uh, these other situations. Now, I understand bringing, bringing up questions about Miami and what Ty, Tyreek and that offense is. Um, it's different probably an in-game situation versus, I don't know. Is he going to be out there at all? Are you preparing all week for that? I believe the Dolphins have a good idea. Like, they don't want to be surprised. uh, Once they get to game time, then, okay, I guess we're going to go without Tyreek. I'm sure that later in the week that they're going to have a a strong idea. But, yeah, it's got to start with the quarterback, and uh, I got to go with Stroud there.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one. having The way that the Texans have been playing and not having Stroud practicing, he remains sidelined with this concussion situation. I mean, you got to have it, right? Like he has been that spark and really energized the offense. And obviously they do have a lot of young pieces there, but you got to have the most important position and that's the quarterback position. So I would also agree with Joe on this one.
2: And I think it's unanimous. I am also going with Stroud, if for no other reason, the drop-off after these particular players is such to where it's the steepest involving Houston. I mean, you only have to look at last year's Houston Texans to know what they have at quarterback and what they don't have in terms of overall talent. Not to mention, if you're filtering out all of these other fantastic receivers Stroud had uh, throughout much of this season, you are seeing what this offense looked like last year and it was awful. There's a reason why they only won a few games. Meanwhile, with the Jaguars, yes, C.J. Beathard is certainly a drop-off from Lawrence, but they can still uh, still win games this way, and Beathard's been a part of this system for quite some time, so in terms of continuity, I still feel like that can very much be there. And then with Tyreek Hill, even though I do believe in terms of overall production and significance and what he means to his particular offense— He's probably a top three receiver. I think that's safe to say. But at least against the Jets, a good defense, uh, the Dolphins were able to go to Jalen Waddle, and they were able to make that work. And right. so it's possible with time that the Dolphins know how to adjust, especially if they have other playmakers at the ready.
0: But yesterday, Mostert's not practicing. A chain's yes. not practicing. They have offensive line injuries. So uh, you know what's interesting. We see this a lot in the final month of the year, and it could be a case in point with Miami and a few other spots that we can discuss. Cluster injuries. I think we're gonna, we might have a couple of those situations where you may have liked the spot for a team, but there's no way you can back them because we're talking about missing four or five starters on one side of the ball, and that you know that could be the case this week for the Dolphins.
2: Yeah. And especially going up against the Cowboys, that matters uh, greatly. If you're looking at say that pass rush uh, guys from the secondary on, on key, you know, five man brushes and six man blitzes, all that stuff. If they want to get exotic. Certainly they're able to do that. Uh, if you are the Dallas Cowboys and look, this is certainly a team the Cowboys are uh, where they're going to be trying to outscore their opponent, no doubt about it. And they will be disrupting to his timing a good bit. So if you have an offensive line uh, where you have some key injuries, say so you can't trust those outside runs, things like that, uh, then they could be in for a rude awakening, Aaron.
1: Yeah, I think also going to Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, like the Jags have lost three in a row. They're not covering. Trevor Lawrence has just been up and down all season. I don't even know like what he is at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, is it really I don't think it matters as much because Baker Mayfield and the Bucks, like they've been pretty scrappy this season. So even <laughs> if it was Trevor Lawrence, I still might like the Bucks in this game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And Jaguars missing a lot of key parts too. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just Trevor Lawrence. I'm part of it is him, but you know, without Christian Kirk, we've seen how they've looked without him thus far. Like there are a lot of reasons to be concerned uh, as far as Jacksonville goes. Yeah, it, you know, a lot. I know we try not to overreact to Wednesday stuff, but I thought there are a lot of interesting nuggets going on. I'm not saying that we got any uh, great information, like we know enough to make a bet. Just. It opened your eyes to a lot of things. It certainly feels like Gino is going to be good to go. On Wednesday, when you're practicing in full, he's going to be fine. Uh, Levitt's not practicing. We don't know what's happening there. They're talking about going to Tannehill. Um, I don't know. what. I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Maybe they end up surprising us. You know, they said Rudolph, but Pickett's limited in practice. So I don't know what to trust as far as how the Steelers are going to handle their QB situation.
2: Is it one of those things where it's just like this outside chance where, okay, maybe we can get picket, you know, a couple of reps here and there. And then maybe just maybe hope of all hopes, because I mean, the Steelers are in dire straits right now. And certainly some of these other quarterback situations Mm -hmm. you're talking about also significant uh, when it comes to needing these wins vying for playoff spots because as much as we have complained about uh, these wild card situations and how we're probably going to see a team make the playoffs that we are uncomfortable with uh, ready to fade whatever it is they also understand that they do need their respective starting quarterbacks and their respective receivers to be out there to play
1: mm-hmm. the other thing is like I know Tomlin hasn't had you know, a losing season and all of that, like they are in a desperate situation, but I'm still reluctant to bet them because I've been burned. I keep thinking like, Oh, this is a Steelers (laughs) spot. This is a Steelers spot. I'm like, is this the week finally when I don't bet on them? Is that when it happens? But if it's going to be Mason Rudolph, I just don't know. I mean, there are some areas where I think the Steelers could take advantage. The Bengals haven't been that good at stopping the run. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, maybe Might the be better than Trubisky. On
0: one? Might be better than Trubisky. No. I'm just saying. <laughs> it could, could it could it get much worse? <laughs>
2: The, the bar is fairly low as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Uh, it was set there, and uh, yes, you're, if you're playing limbo, then the bar is very low, and it's near impossible. But if you're playing hurdles, then no big deal at all. Yep. So it'll be just fine. Uh, how about we move on now to the NBA? Because uh, this was a massive talking point uh, that we made yesterday on the show, Joe, in terms of what to do about the Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant is back. He looked fantastic, did not look rusty at all. And the number to make the playoffs has been hammered. We were talking about plus 840, something around 10 to one. Now it's all the way down to plus 650 for the Grizzlies to make the playoffs. Even though we both made our own compelling arguments as to why there's a reason there could be value here. If you've lost this much at the number, is that still the case? Would you still place a bet at plus 650 to make the playoffs?
0: yeah i mean i give it out lightning bets at the time it was plus 820 and i still liked Mm -hmm. it there so i liked it in the middle but now we're getting to a point where mm, i'm not so sure like i made my case for for why you should maybe consider a southwest division bet but that was when it was 66 and now the best number i see is 30 in in less than 24 hours so i have we gone too far probably I would not – if you missed it, if you missed the number the other night, if you missed it yesterday, at this point, I would just say back, probably back off because who's to say that this is when the run starts? What if they have a couple more losses and we go go back to the numbers that we just were at, still with a ton of basketball to go? Like now I would say you missed the boat, just just hold off. Um, There's a lot of basketball left. There's probably going to be another spot where you get a good number.
1: Yeah, it seems a little bit like an overreaction. I mean, John Morant just got back. And obviously, he's been in the MVP conversation. He is really good. And I think a lot of people are thinking, oh, he's back. You know, here come the Grizzlies now. I would pump the brakes. Like, it's a little too soon. I mean, if you got a really good number, I get it from a value perspective. Yes. But now that things have kind of shifted, I would pass for now. Or maybe what Joe said, like... (laughs) wait a couple games they're due to catch some L's and maybe you can get another good number again but it just seems like a little much I mean before all the off the court stuff like people love John Morant, like his style Mm -hmm. of play he's so fun to watch it is hard to not want to root for this guy so I could see why fans and you know people are probably jumping on this just with anticipation like oh he's back it's it's exciting to see
0: the, the West number's almost in half. It was 110 when we were talking about it yesterday. Now it's down to 66. Yep. Like, come on. Wow, Really? Yeah, that's, that's insane. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Well, here's a follow-up, though. Okay, let's say you uh, play a shorter number, but you gain two slots in terms of possibilities, and by that I mean the play-in is at plus yeah. 280, which means you just need to finish in the top 10 in the West. Is that something that's appetizing to either of you?
0: Not now, not now, I mean, it was just so much better, I don't know mm-hmm. I get which I guess it's one of those situations where what kind of better are you are you okay with plus 280 you probably are, or is it gonna mm-hmm. bother you that you know you could have got a much better number if you would have acted immediately maybe um, it's just yeah, I just keep going back to let's see now maybe it is that spot, but is any of this happening if That final shot doesn't go in, they go to overtime, and they lose. Like, you know what I mean? Just, like, the thinnest (laughs) of margins. I kind of wish that happened, actually. (laughs) Right? Would you still bet it, and then we still get all the old, old numbers? I'd love those old numbers. I mean, I'm sure yeah.
2: there would still, they would still move because I mean, he still had 34 points. I mean, he still had a great outing, but boy, I wish that ball didn't go in at the end of the game. Yeah. Like then I think he's not getting nearly as much attention. The casual betters probably aren't placing bets on things like this. And at least, yes, the number would have probably still moved, but not to this.
0: Yeah. I agree.
1: I, Also, for me, like, unless we're doing something in the NFL offseason where we're looking at futures and we're just, like, dying to bet something, (laughs) plus 280 for something I gotta wait months for doesn't get me excited enough. Like, I I just need a bigger number.
2: (laughs) Yep right get get some get some interest uh you know put a, put a savings account in if you if that's something that you really want to do this is probably not uh yeah. the best bet there uh also in the nba uh we have an mvp straw poll out uh basically accruing uh you know different folks' opinions as far as uh who the mvp would be this season and right now the leader The defending MVP, Joel Embiid, with, say, uh, 848 total points. Massive drop-off after that to second-place Nikola Jokic, followed by Giannis, uh, another drop-off after that. Then uh, SGA of the Thunder. Luka Doncic uh, also in that top five. So when we look at these straw poll results, on the one hand, they look uh, eerily similar to what we saw last year. On the mm-hmm. other hand, uh, we also saw massive volatility toward the end of the regular season, uh, you know, last season. True. So all of that being said, how much stock do you buy into this straw poll?
0: Um, I look at it and say, okay, whoever is ahead is probably not going to win. Just based on how it happens, I mean, no, seriously. Since we've been tracking this the last few years, it's going to change five times, and uh, that's what normally happens. And the ones November, December, you know, or however I forgot uh, the time period when they end up doing it, but usually the early ones end up being wrong. And it, after it changes a while, um, and then it, it becomes clear what's going to happen. Uh, I. I would not bet into this. And it looks like the number has moved based on the straw poll this morning. That's the kind of power that this specific straw poll with real voters has. It moves the market every single time, just about every single time. Uh the, the winner ends up uh becoming the favorite. And right now I'm seeing him at as low as plus 175 for NBA MVP. And I'm not buying. No. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And if you look at the points, it looks like a two man race right now, right? Like 848, Mm -hmm. 630. And then there's a significant drop off. I said it last week. I still think there's value on Giannis at 12 to 1. I'm not sure. Was it 16 to 1 or was it 12 to 1 last week? I still think it was 12. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it moved. Uh, So. If anything, I would still be looking there. I'm not sure if I can do the Luca thing. I keep waiting for him <laughs> to win it. Maybe he finally will, but uh I can't. Gotta pass on Luca. <laughs>
2: well, that was that was a tough loss for the Mavs last night against the Clippers. And so, you know, you're talking about the biggest games in the spotlight. If Luca's not winning those, he's getting overexhausted, yeah. then yeah, I still can't do it with Luka either. This is BeckQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up, our preview of Thursday night football between the Saints and the Rams. I will be accused of Homerism either way. Coming up on the BeckQL yep. Network.
0: BeckQL.
2: Saints head coach Dennis Allen on Matthew Stafford. Given the expectations for the Rams at the start of the year, I think all of us are very much impressed with the Los Angeles quarterback. Welcome back to BeckQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Ed Egros, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Time now to talk about Thursday night football between the Saints and the Rams. Los Angeles, four-point favorites here with a total of 46. You look at the injury report, and certainly there are a couple of setbacks for New Orleans. Uh, Ryan Ramchick, the offensive tackle, is out with a knee injury. Isaiah Foskey, the defensive end, out with a quad. Uh, And certainly there are a couple of others who are questionable. But, Joe, as you handicap this game, what stands out to you the most?
0: Well, uh, (laughs) I think that's the first time I've ever heard that clown Dennis Allen's voice. Like, I had no idea who that was. (laughs) Like right, like we talk about the the NFL every day. We're all like taking in a ton of NFL content every single day during the season. And I'm not sure that I'd ever heard his voice before. I was never interested in anything he had to say because I see him coach. Like I'm not interested in any of that. And I think we could start there. Um, <laughs> McVay versus Dennis Allen. Like how much is that worth to the point spread? I know it's baked in, but I'm saying like if it's average coach versus average coach, Are we at four that we're at right now? Or are we closer to three? I I, I would think that a lot of people are taking that into account. As hot as the Rams are right now, and the the gap between uh, McVay and Dennis Allen. But don't you think, though, when we're talking about Dennis Allen, like,
2: yes, as a head coach, there are some skill sets that leave something to be desired. But just as a defensive guy, He's been consistently really good, and it almost feels like, okay, if you can have a defensive genius go up against Sean McVay, an offensive genius, Dennis Allen might be on that short list. He might be number one. Like Jim Schwartz is probably number one at this point because the Browns have been ridiculous. (laughs) But in terms of that short list who can have the defensive acumen to at least slow that offense down, wouldn't he be there? Mm
0: I think it's a fair question. It's certainly worth talking about because if you look at the Saints' defense, while people have been down on them, and I think for, for good reason, um, mm-hmm. six points allowed each of the last two games. Now it's the Giants and the Panthers. So what do we do with this? What, what do we do? So the Saints have faced the easiest schedule in the NFL this year. So mm-hmm. if you look at their defensive numbers – Yes, over the years, they have a strong defense. And if you look at them right now on the season, they're third in EPA per play. They're third in success rate. They're fantastic against the pass. But have they faced any great offenses? When you look at the list, I mean, we're here in the final few weeks here. And I'm like, okay, where are the great offenses they've faced? Maybe Detroit? Like Tampa Bay's near the top of the list of best offenses that they've faced all year. So I'm looking, okay. Let's look at the good offenses that they've faced. Tampa Bay, they lost. They gave up 26. Houston, they lost. They gave up 20 in that one. Jacksonville, they lost, allowing 31. Indy, they won, but they gave up 27 points. Detroit, they lost, I believe, and they gave up 28 points in that one. So when I mm-hmm. see them versus, let's say, a, a even just give them above average tags, above average offenses, uh, they haven't been as impressive. And they're going to face a doozy tonight here in the Rams. I mean, this is arguably the hottest offense in the NFL right now, probably uh, in the same conversation as the Bills, the way they're playing.
1: Yeah, and I think Sean McVay deserves a lot of credit for that. Going back to the initial conversation about the coaching matchup, I mean – Puka Nakua needs like 311 yards to uh, break that record. I mean, he, Cup was injured and missed time this season. Stafford is back. Like, that guy's playing very well. And I think Sean McVay deserves a lot of credit. So I just think this is, uh, Derek Carr, man, like, what is he? He's just so inconsistent. I'm not a fan. (laughs) Not a fan. What is he? And the Saints have been defensively inconsistent as well as Joe just laid it out against good teams. So uh, ranking 24th against the run, that's their weak spot. And Kyron Williams is rushing for 150-plus yards per game, five out of the last seven games. So this will be tough. And plus, I wonder how much they look at Puka Nakua, you know, trying to break that record and his props at 63-and-a-half. Maybe they'll try to get him the ball too.
2: I I think it's, I'm fine with saying yes, against better offenses, the defense has struggled. I I think that's fair to say. But wouldn't every defense struggle against these better offenses? Like, there aren't many defenses. But that's not a
0: good, that's not a good list. That's not a great list. Like, we're not talking about the elites. Like, we're talking Mm -hmm. average to above average. Yeah. Right? No, we are. And I mean, where
2: do we put the Rams? Like where we, where do we power rank sort of that offense in general? And, you know, I would rather look at say the last few weeks, once Kyron's Kyron Williams came off of IL, I think that matters in terms of evaluating what they are. Yeah. The Rams have been really, really good. No doubt about it. I guess my question though is yes, in terms of quality, this is up there as far as who the saints have faced up to this point at the same time, I also feel like the Saints defense is probably best equipped, despite a couple of key injuries, to handle what the Rams may have. If you look at, say, you know, pre stat motion and how how well they do against that, well, the Saints have the second highest success rate there. Uh, The Rams love to throw intermediate passes, 10 to 19 air yards. Mm -hmm. Well, the Saints have the third highest success rate on such passes. Uh, If you talk about quick passes, Stafford does like to go to those every now and again, just kind of change pace a little bit. He's got one of the higher rates of quick passes in the NFL. Well, the Saints Mm -hmm. defend those at the second highest rate in the NFL. So even though there's a lot to love about this Rams offense, no doubt about it. And there's a reason why the public is backing a lot of key props when it comes to what the Rams can do tonight. At the same time, I think the Saints are built to handle what the Rams can do. I mean, look, I, I will not say to back the Saints money line, I can't do that. But I can say that this could be a slightly lower scoring game. And this could be that vintage Saints defense that we've seen over the last few years.
0: No, I, I look, I think a lot of people are certainly going to take a look at Kyron Williams and say, yeah. okay, the, I want to get involved in those props. And he's given you a lot of reasons to do that lately. But also, and hey, like Aaron brought up about that Saints rushing defense. I'm hesitant to go all in on Kyron Williams because of the matchup because we've Uh seen for years that this Saints uh, run defense has been strong. And then this year, yes, they're 27th rushing yards per attempt, 4.5, 4.5 a pop. But does that mean I want to go all in on Kyron Williams? I'm not sure. So if you look at the rushes he's had, he's had 20 rushing attempts four of the last five games. But is that going to be the case in a short week? You have that quick turnaround. The rush attempts prop is 19 and a half. So I'm concerned about going over because of that. And now the rushing yards number is into the 90s. It just feels like we lost the value on that. Now, I, I think it's also worth noting what this Rams offense has been doing, scoring 33 points per game over the last four games as Kyron Williams has been going off. Yes, there were some soft defenses in Washington and Arizona, but they also did that against Cleveland and Baltimore over that stretch.
1: I also think with Sean McVay, like all the stuff Ed laid out there, like obviously the Rams know all this and I trust that Sean McVay could scheme something up. He could switch something Mm -hmm. up. Maybe it's not Kyron, Mm -hmm. you know, he might cook something up that we're not expecting and there could be a player that we're not thinking of that could have a big game to try to catch the Saints defense off guard.
2: And if that's the case, then I absolutely would not be backing Kyron Williams in any of these props because exactly. it, that's part yeah. of it. Like, I mean, it's two things. One, like if you do believe that Sean McVay is playing this game of chess where he's going to counter all the great things that Dennis Allen will have prepared. OK, fine. That means Kyron Williams isn't part of that. Or maybe he's more of a pass catcher or something like that. Other thing, too, is that. It feels like if you're going massively over, say, rush attempts like the public is doing, like over 19 and a half, over the 91 and a half rushing yards. That leads me to believe that you think game script is such to where he will be running the ball a lot because they already have a sizable lead and they just want to finish the game as soon as possible. And with a spread of four, I don't know if you can make that conclusion so readily.
0: Like, what What's the player that you would not be expecting to go off? Like, Everybody knows about Kyron. Cup, mm-hmm. everybody knows. Uh, Puka, you're you're waiting on that. Even the last two games haven't been in strong. But, hey, he's had those big stretches. It's a guy like Atwell, right? Like, that would be yes. the guy that, that yes. steps up. He hasn't done much in the last the couple of The guy who's
2: in motion all the time.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: My, 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 I... my <laughs>
0: Now I got to go with my, 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 my motion with Tutu Atwell. Um, yeah, you'd imagine that the numbers are uh, are pre- pretty low there because he's he's done nothing over the last two weeks. But yeah, that, that would be, if you're going to make a case, if you're going to do something like that, I would probably do a touchdown bet on a guy like Atwell instead of the yardage. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes he does pop, but that comes with... L- with limited opportunities where he just explodes. So that that's what I would look, would be looking for with a guy like that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's that's it. Like looking if, if you want to back the Rams, maybe an anytime touchdown is better than these, you know, rushing and receiving props, because if Sean McVay does cook something up, it could be kind of unpredictable. The one thing about the Kyron number when it was, a little bit lower, I could see it if I mean at 89 and a half guilty as charged. I bet it last night, but like if he's rushing for like 150, 160 the past month or so, like that's like almost half, right? So he could still be limited and go over that.
2: I suppose he could, but I mean, we've kind of seen this before, right? Like if Kyron Williams is you know getting 150 rushing yards every single game then this is historic. What's going on is mm-hmm. is better than, say, Derrick Henry or all the other, Adrian Peterson, all the other great running backs of all time over the last decade. If he's that consistent at some point, this has to fall back down to reality. And, I mean, you know, well, all of us, I think, have been burned at some point, you know, sort of backing, you know, these high-profile stars, thinking that these great numbers are going to persist, and usually they don't.
1: He's rushed for 89 yards or more in six of the last seven games. I mean, the numbers Mm -hmm. don't lie. (laughs) Maybe it is historic what we're seeing. I don't know, but he's been doing it for almost two months now.
0: The, uh, okay, we got the Rams are in right now as a seven. The Saints are not in as the nine, but they have the same record. I don't want to say winning in. There's too much that can happen. It's too uh, bunched up. Is the loser out? the Saints after, are after losing the tiebreakers. Right. Right.
2: And, and because of that crappy division. uh, No, the Saints are not out of it. The Rams,
0: so, though. So you think, think the Saints can thing. lose and still win the division, even though they're behind in in tiebreakers?
2: Well, I mean, the Buccaneers have a tough game coming up. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we might still side with Tampa Bay, but that's not a gimme, not at all. So you have that Atlanta's a disaster at this point. So you can't back them. I mean, and, don't the saints and bucks play each other one more time or am I mistaken there?
0: I believe so. they
1: play in week
0: 18. They yeah, week 18. We come down to that. Okay. Yeah. So yep. we come uh, down
2: to that. The bucks won the first meeting. So yeah, this is not a must win for new Orleans, but for the Rams, I probably, I, I think that's probably safe to say just because, uh, you know, even a team like the Vikings or someone like that could still have a run in them uh, with subpar quarterback play and you're going up against variants.
0: I like the Rams minus 4 guys. That's my that's my favorite look for this game. How about you?
1: Yep, you may see it in the contest picks. I love Oh,
2: game. really? Uh-oh. <laughs> what a tease. What a tease. We'll have that now or number 3. That's for sure. Uh what about Chris Olave coming back? Uh because th- right. this is another reason why like I'm backing the Saints uh at plus 4 is having that deep threat means that the Saints can get back into a game if, say, they're trailing by double-digit points.
0: Yeah, Olave's numbers, 4.5 receptions, set at 60.5 yards, and anytime touchdown, plus 230. Uh, That's by far the best number that you're going to find. Not as great elsewhere. Yeah, you wonder about the full health. I mean, how it looks right now, though, it does look like the Saints are going to have their starters at, at wideout, yeah. which they have not had in quite some time. Obviously, Michael Thomas is still out. Uh, but that that could be big for them. Mm-hmm.
1: And what version of Der- uh, Derek Carr, I almost said, Derek Henry, Derek Carr are we getting? Like, he's just been so inconsistent. I think that'll that'll be key for the Saints, too.
0: I, Ed, are you leaning lower scoring?
1: Uh, I, think I could the see it either
0: way.
2: Okay. Yeah, I th- we've got a total of 46, which is probably higher scoring this year. Uh, I think that's about right. Uh, that, that's yeah. probably safe to say. So probably like a 23-21 Rams victory, something like that. So maybe slightly lower than 46. But the spread is where I'm going. I think the Saints can cover the four. So right. even though it is a wonky number, that's the the side I'm taking. This is ben QL Daily presented by ben MGM. Coming up next, NFL win totals that have already cashed and what we can learn from them. Right here on the BetQL Network. Ah, so I'm loving the, the music. Are dancing right now to this wacky Christmas music. <laughs> Which one do you think is it One guess, guys. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM, Matt Egros, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Guys, I think it's safe to say uh the three of us made a ridiculous number of bets uh over the past calendar year. I don't want to know how many bets i've placed but it doesn't matter because we are active in this space we love being active in this space and of course betmgm has been there every single step of the way and it's a good idea to look back upon this year to see what people cared about what people won money with all that good stuff and so aaron tell us about this year in review at betmgm
1: yes so we have a few different categories to go over some surprising some not so shocking here so betmgm insights year End review we've had the most bet events by ticket kansas city chiefs versus the eagles in the super bowl hmm not a shocker right (laughs) i mean (laughs) all of us are betting the super bowl i even thought about oh i should teach all my girlfriends how to bet because they're always asking me you know before this next super bowl in 2024 but yeah everyone even people who don't bet every day like us bet on the super bowl right they
0: just asked about the super bowl like that's the one time it comes up of the year
1: what one uh of my friends just asked she's like i the nfl season's almost over it's kind of late but like can you teach me i just get people my girlfriend's <laughs> dming me can you teach me like yeah a couple times a month and I'm like you know what I should just have a big party and show everyone what to do one night
0: you You should yeah
1: yeah a a little primer
0: YouTube streamer (laughs) yeah yeah like a couple (laughs) of bucks that way go
1: on tour yeah coming to a city near you (laughs) I saw right I
0: I've seen I've seen those things pop up like those sorts of events like yeah where you have a stage and you know, people, especially when you get uh, new markets that have gone legal, like people. That's a good idea. Or I thought bet. before
1: Super Bowl or March Madness, there's a couple times on the calendar year where you know you could take advantage of something like this and have some Pe- fun. People
0: don't; it. they have no idea what betting terms mean. There are people that start off. I mean, I know it sounds crazy to a lot of our listeners, but like they don't understand the point spread. They don't know what it means. Right. There's still people It comes across the screen. They don't, it's because it's everywhere now. They still don't know what it means or, or how you end up covering or what the minus means or what the plus means. I don't think my wife does.
1: And I think really? it can be overwhelming yeah. and intimidating to where, you know, they're just like, oh, forget it. But like, they do want to learn because now they're seeing it everywhere.
0: Yeah. Yes, correct.
2: How-, how many of us have family members, like close family members, who do not know what spread, total, all of these, betting terms oh of.
0: absolutely a yeah. lot of them uh-huh. i let me think i'd say the majority
1: okay i think i've learned my yeah. dad might be more of a degenerate than i knew about
0: he didn't expose <laughs> it to you ship off of the
1: old dirty. block <laughs> there like wait a second how do you know all this stuff where, where how long have you been gambling for dad But yeah, most of my family probably doesn't know that much about it, but I have learned. I'm like, my dad knows way too much about this. I have questions.
2: (laughs) My sister knows all about it, but she didn't learn it from me. She learned it from my brother-in-law. And I feel a little slighted. Mm. Like I get paid to talk about this stuff every day, but she didn't learn these lessons from me, learned it from the hubby. So there's that.
0: Seems I wouldn't feel slighted. She just wants oh, to make sure that she, that she knows we're not going too far. We're not betting beyond our means, probably, as far as that yeah. goes. Like, you do what you <laughs> want, Ed, with your money. But this is my money now. I need to make sure we're not going crazy. <laughs> yeah, right,
1: exactly. It's, I don't even offer so, that many tips. But yeah. For most bet events by ticket, it's like Super Bowl, AFC Championship, NFC Championship. I think we can all agree, probably not that surprising there, right? Mm-mm. Yep. Top events for the customer money one. This one, one of these surprised me. The Seahawks at the Cowboys, November 30th. I was a bit surprised by that one. And then we've got Nebraska at Colorado, Colorado at TCU. I mean, come on. The Dion thing. It was everywhere. So um, I could see why. The Dion stuff. Was... Yeah. The Dion stuff. <laughs> Prime okay. time.
0: My guess on Seahawks-Cowboys is that was an island game Thursday night. It was a shootout. So every overprop just demolished. That'd be my guess of why that ended up being a good day for the customers. This is fascinating. We knew it was just out of control with Dion early in the season when they were winning games and people were hitting those uh, crazy money line numbers. But for us to still sit here going into the final few weeks of the regular season and to say... That a Colorado game against Nebraska, there's only one NFL event that won more money for betters than that one. I mean, that's crazy. And then number three was the the Colorado TCU game. That's wild to me. Because first off, like college football NFL, it's just not at that level unless until we get to those playoff games. But for an early in the year I mean that's just how crazy it was with Dion and people just swept up in it and taking taking Colorado on the money line
1: what were the biggest losers Paul they don't they
0: don't don't want to promote that it's probably a real oddly not included (laughs) huh
2: yeah yeah interesting curious I don't know I wonder too we're talking about the whole Dion Sanders mania if say the people who were likeliest to kind of get wrapped up in all of that mania are also the likeliest to bet on such things in terms Mm -hmm. of just the population who cared about Deion Sanders and Colorado and all of that stuff. There are also people who would bet on such things compared with say other college football, where it's all about the pageantry and, you know, winning games and all of that stuff. Like you have very popular programs that get a lot of attention, but maybe not from betters or people who are likely to bet. And I wonder if maybe that's sort of, you know, skewing things a little bit.
1: Also like right around this time, September 2nd, September 9th, I went to California to visit my family around Labor Day. And like, we had a big family party and it was like what everyone was talking about was like, Mm -hmm. have you seen what Colorado's doing, you know? Yeah, it was crazy.
0: No, well, it was and everybody's for
2: itching for football at that time of year.
0: You're yeah. itching for it, but also with college football before you get to the conference games, there's nothing that everybody can grab onto. Like everybody was in on this, one side or the other, sharper betters like Brad Powers, who we're going to talk to later in the show. He was he was betting against it, and eventually he was proven correct. And then you know you look kind of dumb early on, it, but people, uh, you know, quickly forget. Or I, I'd like to see it a week by week how the action dropped for Colorado games because like, mm-hmm. it, it was through the roof, as you see right here, most bet on action every single week. And then everybody seemed to forget about that. So they
2: stopped playing noon kickoffs Eastern time. And then they started uh, looking at like late night games on the East coast. I wonder if that had uh, any kind of impact and playing Colorado state closely. And then after that, like, you know, the mania was gone and therefore the bets were gone.
0: Yep, for sure. For sure. You want to talk about these uh, win totals? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. For this year. Um, So with three games left, we've got a handful of uh, win totals that have already cashed. There are seven overs locked in. There are Seven unders locked in. So, yeah, nearly uh, half the league here is cast. That's wild, guys. And and I know uh, we preach betting these alt numbers, but with about half the league already uh, in the house, like, that's amazing. Like, again, remember that next year when you go over your win totals, uh, alt numbers is the way to roll that about half the time. And, and, and I think this is typical. I remember uh, looking this up in the past that, yeah, like, it's not by the hook by at least half a lot of times it ends up being by a couple of games and as far as the overs yes many of those in right now are up by a half but it's going to be more when it wraps up but how about the ones that have already hit by multiple games baltimore's was eight and a half they have 11 wins (laughs) going into uh this game against san francisco Uh, indy was six and a half they're already at eight houston five and a half they're already at eight. You know, we still look at that AFC South and and trash the division. And yeah, I do think it's on the weaker side, but we got multiple teams here that have hit their win total over by multiple games.
1: Yeah, I mean the Texans won, uh, the Ravens. Ugh i guess it does seem low looking at it but it's the ravens are just this team that doesn't seem super sexy so it's like you never quite know like you know they're gonna be around eight nine but going over that early that's impressive yeah i guess these these are not as shocking
2: well with the ravens you were kind of splitting the difference right because on the one hand they play in a really really tough division You know, talking up the Bengals, talking up the Browns. Like, where would the Ravens fall? Like, we could see Baltimore finishing third in that division. So what number would you get as far as that's concerned? The other concern was that Lamar Jackson can get injured. If he's running Mm -hmm. that much, then are you going to Huntley? Are you going to someone random at quarterback? If that's the case, they're going to lose a lot more games. And so a lot of this was kind of splitting the difference. But it goes back to your point, Joe, that if you believe the Ravens can go over this number, then they're probably going way over it because this idea of splitting the difference is more about hedging from a market perspective. Talk about hedging from customer perspective, but what about from the market perspective? That's kind of what happened as far as I'm concerned. So if you are going to back the Ravens or some team with a bunch of unknowns, maybe in a tougher uh, division, easier division, then yeah, go nuts over or under.
0: What's the win total. If we know that Joe Burrow's going to miss half the season and that the Browns would be on quarterback four at this point in the year. Like, that was always the question with the Ravens about that win total is, yeah, but it's such a challenging division. And, like, the Steelers mm-hmm. thing is looking looking a lot worse uh, than we expected. And, yeah, I mentioned seven unders, a lot of disastrous situations. Carolina head coach out, Chargers head coach already out. Vegas is not on that list, even though they fired uh, their coach. Like, um, maybe we'll have to circle back to this because there's a lot of interesting situations. I think a lot of people would point to the Bengals one. Oh, it's under because of Burrow. No, it's not. Like there, mm-hmm. There's more to learn from what happened with the Bengals season and some of these other unders and overs that, that have already cashed. Absolutely.